dreadful. So, yes, here we are again. What um, what episode thirty-five? Thank you. You are going to raise hell as you give that intro. Oh, really? Okay. Yes. All right. High energy. Best. High energy. High energy. I'll do my best. Hello, everyone. Welcome to uh, episode 35 of the Big Faith Crisis podcast. <laughs> my name... Marvin the my... Paranoid Android has spoken. My name's Nick Page. Right there. Hey, my name's Nick Page, and I'm joined as ever by my friend Joe Davis. Joe, how are you doing? I'm fine. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, so not I'm, you. Well, I am post-cold and... Raring to go. How are you? Very, very good. I'm, I'm sort of getting there. I'm feeling quite tired today. I've got so much work on and it's making oh. me... I, I figured this morning, I was talking to a friend of mine at uh, work where we uh, sort of two grumpy old blokes and uh, I, I reckon what we should do is we should have like the Met, a Met weather warning sign on us or something you know like there's a there's an amber alert over nick at the moment he could he could break out into anger and grumpiness at any minute you know? that's a brilliant or, idea or, you know it's it sort of green it's fine he's fine he's serene but you know if it's amber keep yeah, out of his yeah, way stay away you know? yeah just stay <laughs> could away turn red stay at moment. home don't make any uh unnecessary journeys and just don't just don't talk to him <laughs> So there we go. Anyway, but I'm all right, really. I'm okay, really. Good. Yeah. But good. lots of work on. No two. Yeah, loads, loads of work on. Yeah, Must be tough being popular. Uh, I think it's more being poor. Oh, okay. Is, is the issue. I don't think I'm popular. <laughs> I think I'm cheap and available. Well, speaking of cheap, I was just going to say, <laughs> I listened, like I do occasionally, to another Christian podcast. And that's always a dangerous thing to do because mm. you realise how professional and good they are and generally, mm. you know. Yeah. And uh, there's a few things that I thought were really good. One, some of them have maps of where their listeners come from. Imagine having that sort of technology so they could, you know, like get together and, yeah. I think most of our listeners are in Mordor, aren't they? I I believe. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I know where (laughs) one is. They're not on this planet anyway. And then then some of them have donations. Imagine giving giving to a podcast yeah, i know that's a thought possibly we could ask for donations to get us to stop <laughs> they could, that could be a big that money spinner <laughs> yeah you see i think the whole thing about all that i don't think our usp is professionalism or expertise no it that's might not, not really be. That's, i don't think that's <laughs> really being what we've good ever, we've ever offered <laughs> no i don't think so we've I don't like to think that people are coming here for competency. No. You know, what we offer is uh, sort of shared bewilderment and innuendo. And, uh, yeah, battered sausage innuendo. Battered sausage. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's what... and, if, and if that is your thing, really there's no other podcast to go no. to. And bickering. Uh, those, those things, I think, work fantastically well. So, yeah. listen, I must plug uh, The Week for the Bewildered. Mm. Um, because we haven't mentioned this uh, for a while now. So we would love to meet you. We genuinely would. And if you would like to spend a week, literally down to three and a half days with us, then (laughs) (laughs) I think we worked out. Then (laughs) June the 25th to June the 29th, uh, you uh, can come and spend time at Lee Abbey. I mean, it's just a fantastic place, as we've said many times before. Gorgeous North Devon coast. We will walk. We will see birds. We will talk together we may drink beer together we 
whatever it is you like, you can probably do it at Lee Abbey. It's just a yes. wonderful place. And we'd love to meet you. So uh, yeah. there are links on the Facebook page and there are links on the website. Will you do something? I've been thinking about this. Will you do something Californian down on that lovely beach? What, like sacrifice a goat? Well, maybe not no, the goat absolutely. thing. Because no, absolutely. No, that definitely. can put people yes. up. But you're one of your prayer things. Yes, sea and stones. Yeah, I can't resist it. If I see sea and stones, it has to happen. Oh, talking of Joe-like things, have you seen the moon tonight? <gasps> not yet. Have you seen it's, it? It's, it's enormous. Oh, and it appears to be coming towards us. <laughs> it's a super moon. <laughs> it's amazing. So go out and have a, your love. Uh, well, your love. you know, I tried to see it earlier and before we started. Well, get get down on that too cloudy. beach. And okay. Take some, take Noted. Some thank you. Anyway, we should we should uh, motor on. So. We should. Yes. Uh, so um, uh, thank you to those that have emailed in. I should say that if you do want to email the show, and we love getting emails from you, mm. send your emails to joe at midfaithcrisis.org. That's Joe, J-O-E, at midfaithcrisis.org. Uh, OK, so we've had uh, we've had two in from people called Nick. Uh, they're uh, not the same Nick. They are different Nicks. Oh, and they're not me either. I assume they're not you. Uh, so Nick number one, as we should call him, uh, fascinated to hear Nick come out as a four, I presume Enneagram, uh, which I can't recall you mentioning before. I think we have actually. Yeah, uh, would be a good subject though, can be divisive in the Christian community, though I'm with Richard Raw. Joe mentioned gluttony, did I hear a fellow seven? 180. <laughs> 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 Well, I'm well too done. easy though. That's that's you know anyway. Yeah, awesome yeah. as always. Keep it up. Sad to be missing you at Lee Abbey. Well, that is sad. Apparently mm. my kids need uh feeding, clothing, and spending time with me, and I've burnt all my brownie points with the missus. Okay, well oh, noted. Okay, well, that'd be a shame. Yeah, well he's blacklisted if he's not. But yes, we should do something on the Enneagram. We haven't mentioned <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, we should. Uh we should get someone on who who know, knows about it. I have it. a cunning plan, but I'll tell do you. you okay, yeah, I do. Good. Yeah, it's very cunning. Uh and Peter says, hello, gorgeous. How to Thank look... <laughs> exactly. How to look good sacred. That is such a good title, Nick. Anyway, he mm -hmm. says, I'm totally with you. Any decision to diet, exercise or whatever that comes from a place of I'm not good enough is unlikely to work out well. Knowing we are loved can be a tough one, though. We may sign up to the idea in our head, but still not really get it in our heart. While churches have been teaching people for generations that God loves them, Christians seem in general to have about as a profound a sense of inadequacy as everybody else. Until we teach people practices, for example, prayer or meditation, that enable them to start experiencing compassion in their most vulnerable and wounded selves, our endless words and sermons are unlikely to bring about great transformation. And then he mm. said, uh, he finished with this. Oh, yes, I spotted your reaction, Nick, to Joe's frequent references to Richard Raw. In our group here, he is simply referred to as he who must not be named. <laughs> well, I like Richard Raw, actually, but I, I think... Uh... I think in small doses. Yes. I think is 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 best for me. <laughs> that was good. I, I like that. Yeah. And then um, and then we had one uh, from Nick too, who mm. said, uh, like so many others. Firstly, can I thank you? Oh, blah. blah oh, sorry. Blah 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 blah. He said, I wanted to write as I genuinely surprised at your relatively dismissive response to the yeah to the singly most important question that has come up since the start. Is there a God? Asked by Anon in episode thirty four said i've given some time to thinking about why it is that you didn't really even seem to consider that this could be a question that you could discuss is it because a you feel the answer is obviously yes so there's no point b you feel it's a question with no definitive answer and then he says that's never stopped you before c you feel the question <laughs> 
<laughs> C, you feel the question is too hard. Mm. Or D, you worry that discussing it may lead people to the conclusion that there isn't. Well, I thought you did answer it, actually. Well, I, I think the reason... I'm sorry if we appeared dismissive, yeah. uh, Nick, but, you know, get lost. Uh, <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> that was a joke. Anyway, um, <laughs> I, think it's it. because, I think it's because partly... Firstly, if we were going to discuss mm. it, then it would take more than just an answer to an email. I think it would be yeah. an episode, and, yeah. and it was an, an email that came in. Um I th- I thought we sort of did. I didn't. I, you know. Yeah. I mean, I don't really know what to say on these big ones because I mean, no. you know, I just go well. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I don't. But I don't know. I, yeah. uh, what can a podcast prove? But I don't no. know what you think. Well, I, I mean, yeah. as I said, I mean, I'm of the impression that that is possibly all that exists. So there is only God. So it's a redundant question to me. But I guess on and off, we're answering this question the whole way through, and I, I think it's just that case of. You know, some of the images and notions we have of God need to die because, you know, Mm. that doesn't exist. And it needs replacing Mm. with something that is, you know, more true, authentic. Yeah. And any I mean, this podcast, I think, proceeds from the assumption that there is a God. You know, it's not I don't think it's an apologetics podcast in that sense of if I'm being honest. I don't think I'm I'm not. Oh, yes. Evidence that demands a Josh McDowell. (laughs) <laughs> evidence that demands a josh you know i i don't think it's so i suppose we just operate on that assumption um we should give more thought to it yes well, generally thank, in life thank you for thank you for the questions we thank will you genuinely um think about it yes thank you nick too okay mm. and now uh over to sarah who says hi nick and joe i just wanted to email us i've been listening to the show for a few months now and i wanted to get in touch to say how much of a godsend this little podcast has been for me I'm a 30-year-old mum of two and have been shuffling my feet uh, and asking a few big questions for a couple of years now whilst going to my local charismatic evangelical church. I'm the only mum with young children that I know of who is going through this right now and am quite bewildered. Are there other young mums out there like me? How do you bring your children up spiritually when you're asking big questions, providing them with a faith that is helpful to their developmental stage whilst also being true to your own doubts and questioning? I think some kind of mid-faith crisis toddler support group is needed. Just wondering <laughs> if you come across this conundrum before, if there are any other listeners out there who are having an ontological crisis at the school gates. <laughs> that's a good... Very good. That's that, good. What a great, great email. Yeah, thank well, thank question. you, Sarah. And uh, before we answer that, or not, as the case may be, or just dismiss it, uh, yes, we could do. <laughs> which we could do. Uh, here's one from Andy via our Facebook page. That's exciting. First question. Woo! First question via Facebook. Mm. Who says, um, love your work. What an excellent latest episode. So a possible question for you both to chat about. How do you nurture faith in your kids if you are mid-crisis and not sure what it is you believe anymore? Mm. So there we go. Yeah, uh, two questions on the same subject. So we're going to talk a bit about children. Um, oh my gosh! Tonight, and I think we want to make a couple of disclaimers right right at the beginning. Yeah. The first, the first disclaimer is that we will. I think we inevitably talk about our own children, but we'll try not to. Yes. Bring that in too much because yes. I don't know about you. I've I've always sort of thought I don't really want to use them as talking no, oh, absolutely and i i know i know some preachers that really love to you know wheel out all their most embarrassing stories about their children yes. but i never i never did that i just don't like it because i just think they don't get any choice so it's yeah. just not right yeah. to do it yeah i tend to go the other way i mean i, I often show at the beginning of one of my talks a, 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 a drawing that martha did of me my youngest when she was little and she had to sit in 
service that I was speaking at, and Claire said, why don't you do a drawing of Daddy? So she, <laughs> she did a drawing of Daddy with a speech bubble coming out, going, blah, 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 <laughs> blah. <laughs> So I think that sorts it. Uh, the second disclaimer is: um, oh, there are few subjects on which I feel less of an expert well, than exactly. you know parenting. Yeah. I and I hate the idea that anything I say would put myself forward as a kind of expert. Yeah, exactly. The vulnerability there. I I I think most of the time we don't know what we're doing, and we're just no. sort of muddling through and trying to make the best decisions. No. Yeah, exactly. And, but, it, but I have to say, in this, I am different to my co-host, who is an acknowledged, oh, an acknowledged expert <laughs> on parenting. Just Perhaps you'd like to tell us about that. Stop Joe. now. Um, and no. the book that you feature. I don't want to talk about it. No, you have to. <laughs> so, you are I acknowledged. Am, I am acknowledged. Uh, at, at, in a book called How to Succeed as a Parent. I mean, obviously, <laughs> before I had kids. <laughs> I, no, it's no, the it's worst not. title in the universe, and it makes it, me die thinking yeah. about it. But there It's rather sort of, um, you know, what's it called? Hostage to Fortune, isn't it? I that know, book, that I title, know. Really. So I think the last thing we want to, this podcast yeah. to be is... The idea of how to succeed yes. as, a, as a parent. <laughs> yes. I Although I suspect that, that might end up as the title in some way. But, and you know. I, and we're not going to talk about our kids because I don't want to do anything to jeopardy their parole hearing. <laughs> <laughs> okay, just an, another quick disclaimer uh, while we're talking about this. is, is You know, churches and have a tendency to be so family orientated. And so when you talk about parenting, you talk about kids, you risk alienating people who are single or haven't had kids or can't have kids and all those or people who've lost children. And so you can unintentionally, by taking on a subject like parenting, end up alienating people. Mm. And we really don't want to do that. We're just responding yeah. to some questions that have come in and genuinely we value all of you um, so much. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, if it is yeah. a difficult thing, you don't want to, you don't have children, or you, you know, it's a difficult thing mm. for you. By all means, go and listen to one of those more successful podcasts that because they are actually do. very good. They're very much better, really. Although you do have to donate to them, obviously. <laughs> obviously. So listen, why don't I <laughs> fling that question at you to start with? You know, you're in mid faith crisis. Yeah. What do we tell our children? Are there any kind of helpful well, books or anything? What have you found for us? Nat naturally, I have been researching this fully. Yes. Um, as good, and you good. would you would expect nothing less uh, no. for an episode. So I came across this book, uh, which is called Everything a Child Should Know About God. So Ooh, surely, okay. surely. We're gonna we're gonna help, and I have to say, it is a beautifully illustrated book. And the idea is mm. that you read it with your child, and there's questions to go through it. So, um, so here's 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 a page from it, uh, entitled "God Will Punish the Wicked." One day, <laughs> <laughs> one day, God will punish everyone who deserves it, except those whose sins have been forgiven. Jesus says for us to come to him and he will save us. And the reflection question for your child is what happens when we come to Jesus? So that's that's mm. one thing. Then there's that's another good. there's another one helpful. One. Again, beautifully illustrated. We are all sinners. Every one of us has done things that are bad. God said not to, but we did them anyway. Have you ever told a lie? That was a sin. Have you ever taken something that didn't belong to you? That was a sin. Question for reflection. Have you ever sinned? <laughs> just let me give you one more one more, more. <laughs> no, it's just a, Jesus will come back so this is a nice one yeah. 
Suddenly, two angels appeared among Jesus' friends and told them Jesus will come back again one day. He will come in the clouds just the way he left. When Jesus comes back, he will take his friends to heaven to be with him forever. He might come back today. Are you one of his friends? Mm. And the question is, is Jesus going to return from heaven? Good question. Yes or no. <laughs> um, that, I think because obviously the first thing, that's brilliant. The first yeah. thing we want to say is obviously put the you know fear of hell into your children. Absolutely. Um, hide um, under the bed at night and when they get <laughs> in, you know, wait a while and then start saying, I'm watching you. Yes, exactly. I think to remind your children just how sinful they are and yes. the danger of hell yeah. would be my starting point. So seriously, what are bringing what, up children? What would your approach be? You're in people. You've got lots of questions. We've got lots yeah, of doubts. Exactly. We've got lots of turmoil in our lives. How do we talk about faith with our kids? Um, I, I do you know. I think we should just be honest. I mean, I don't know about you, but I am fundamental about a few things. So, like for example, to answer Nick Two's question, do I believe in God? Yep. Do I believe that God is love? Yep. Do I believe that God is close to us and, you know, loving us and with us in all circumstances of our lives? Yep. So I think we've got some fundamentals we can build on. And then, you know, don't kids believe everything their parents say? So at what point in a child's development do you start the vulnerability of I'm not sure. Some people think this and some people think that. And what do you think? Mm. I don't know Mm. whether the kids have to be teenagers by the time you do that. Or can you start doing it earlier than that? I certainly know a parent I greatly respect in the Brighton area who is she seems to be so good with their kids and encourages questions and always says to them, you know, what do you think? And, yeah, I think there's something in that approach. In some senses, then, that our approach to children is almost exactly the same as our approach to anyone else, to be honest, to acknowledge the questions, to uh, remind them of a God of love, and to you know, you know, yeah. to, to to bring in all those. About. I mean, obviously, with our children though, there's a there's a different dynamic and a different relationship mm. there that 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 really affects it. Um, so I I do think the integrity thing is is key. I think that children, yeah, will look at your life. They, they see more of your life than virtually anybody else, don't they? There's no hiding at home. Mm. So, I mean, I, I I genuinely wonder. I mean, I'm not even... I, I say sometimes when I just want to stir things up, and I go, I'm not interested in what you believe. You know, I'm interested in how you live. And I wonder if kids are a bit like that. Do you, don't, don't they pick up on the whole atmosphere thing? They pick up whether daddy loves mummy or whether he's horrible to her. Yeah. They yeah. pick up you know whether they're important or whether tv comes first they pick up all those sort of things so i don't know it's that that sitting down with your kids and say well look i just want to give you a child's guide to you know a a complete you know systematic theology yeah i don't think they'd remember any of it i think actually they're already watching you and learning about you and learning what's important in life from your behavior that's the bad news really and that's why we all feel so vulnerable because we all know you know what force we are most of the time yeah and i think that's true so i mean the thing about systematic theologies and doctrines and all that kind of never sit comfortably with real life because real life is messy and muddled and and full of our natural um you know false self activities of the false self and our our, Mm. our selfishness and our our, our hypocrisy and all that kind of stuff so Mm. so you can say all you want about that but your real life will always speak louder 
than yeah. you know your your doctrinal points. And that, um, that's the really scary thing. I think that some parents maybe think we've got to tell our kids from this sense of fear, you know, because if we don't tell them, might they go to hell? I mean, genuinely, mm. could there be some parents that think that way? I don't know. I mean, I'm so loony li- liberal that obviously I don't think that way. But, you know, hell is not a motivator for me to share faith with people. The love of God is a motivator to share faith with people so I want my kids to know about God because I think there's life and freedom and grace and goodness available Mm. to them and I want them to enjoy it but I don't feel like something dreadful is going to happen to them if they you know choose not so I think I think the first thing is well what can you from what I take from what you're saying so what can what can you celebrate in whatever situation you're in what can you affirm about God yeah. What 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 do you yeah. feel um, you can you can share? What do you take joy in? Well, yeah. do all those things with yeah. your with your children. Yeah. Um, do all those things with them as, as a you know, and don't pretend about the other stuff that no, you, exactly. you you can't. Yeah. Now sometimes you you still want there's there's always got to be boundaries and they've got to be you know you you take your, you might take your children to events that suit them. For example, I mean you know. Um, I suppose the classic thing is a lot of teenagers seem to like these big worship events. Yeah. Well, you know, I like to sit at the back with a book. <laughs> yeah, uh, you know. know. Uh, but you know, that is, so you want to encourage their faith in whatever form it takes. Yeah. So don't sneer at it. Don't, don't sneer at it don't, when it's not the same as yours. Don't dismiss it. Don't yeah. dismiss it. Uh, but but help them to nurture it. Yeah. But also that sense of critically asking, uh, what are the values behind this is really really yeah. important i think yeah so so you know you want to you want to, to encourage these sort of values in them i think one of the reasons we're so vulnerable about children is because we always think everybody else is doing it better than we yeah, are exactly yeah you know we always feel judged yeah well, I don't, maybe it's just me but i no, you know no, i always no, feel no, that uh, you know somebody else's family is and and you see somebody else's family and they're they're just such, their children are such wonderful christians you know they're raising the dead yeah and they're, they're you know they walk they walk to school across the pond yeah, the surface exactly. of it. yeah and then they lead worship <laughs> in the assembly and, and, and your children go well you know what, what do you want to do when you go out? well i don't know i don't care what i want to do and whereas their children are i'm going to be a missionary I intend yeah. I intend to be martyred for the faith. You know, and you yeah, go, what exactly. am I doing wrong? What's yeah. wrong with my children? Yeah. And the problem I is the, the problem is they're annoyingly individual. You know, all yes. our children are, are individuals and we have no real um at the end of the day we don't have much control no. over individuals, other individuals in no, that sense. And nor should we. And they're free to make decisions and choose and develop personalities that are totally different to our personality. But yeah. we always worry about our kids. I mean, my mum, mm. like if you know, she's ninety-two. God bless her. And you know, she, you know, I'll speak to her on the phone. So I'm coming around to see you in half an hour. She go, well, is it cold? I say, yeah, it's quite cold. She said, well, put on a pullover. <laughs> because to your mother, you're always eight. That's the key. I know, thing. but I try saying I'm fifty-two. I can do. Yeah. I can decide this. <laughs> no, no, no. You're not. You're eight. Yeah, and you exactly. always will be. I, I'm just constantly amazed that there she is at ninety-two. You know, I'm reasonably stable human being. Well, that's possibly an exaggeration. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But, you know, I can look after myself, but, you know, and yet still she worries that I can't. And, and of course, there's never something you really understand about your parents until you have kids. And then you spend your entire life worrying about them. That's exactly it. Yeah. You know, I used to tell my mum about something that was going on. And then a week later, she'd ring, ring me up and say, oh, I've been worrying about you. I go, what, why are you worrying about it? You know, I'd forgotten about it. But now with my children, I, 
I worry yeah. about them a lot. And the reason is because you are aware of just how vulnerable you are over them. Yeah. They will always have a hold on your life. I've been reading this um, book called Love's Endeavour, Love's Expense by a writer called Vanston. Uh, and he wrote a fantastic book called uh, The Statue of Waiting, which I'd like to talk about sometime. But, but this, this is an interesting book. But he talks about what are the qualities of love. Uh, how do you? How do you? What does love look like? And he 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 identifies sort of three things. He says love is always vulnerable, because it's always it, it's giving out, and it's there's always the possibility mm. that it will be rejected. The other person doesn't mm. care, you know. Yeah, yeah. So love is always vulnerable. He says love is lim- true. Love is always limitless. Mm. There is no limit to what it where it will go to for the other person for the, yeah. the best of the other. And the and the third thing is that he says love is never disinterested. It's always invested and, mm. you know, cares passionately about the person. And, of course, he yeah. sees all these ultimately in God. But I think yeah. our parents have that. Yeah, I think exactly. that you, you, yeah. you will always care about your children. Well, yeah. you should, you know. And, and you will always um, you will feel vulnerable about them. They'll yeah. always have that ability to, to, to do that. And you just have to live with that, I think, in the end. There's yeah. not much. I, I mean, your children are a bit older, so maybe you've got... More yeah, used to, to doing it, you know. Uh, to, to, uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> but for me, I, I find that a challenge. I always thought, you see, I always thought when they grew up, that was it. I thought, you know, you go through this place with them as kids and then when they grow up, when they're 18, suddenly they're adults and you can relax about it. Yeah. But you can't at all. No, no, that's not how it works. No, you are, <laughs> for the rest of your life, you're going to be telling them to put a pullover on yeah. if it's cold outside. No, it's dreadful. And it's, uh, yeah, it's, well, I have no wisdom. I have no wisdom. If I, my wisdom is how to succeed as a parent. You know, if your kids, uh, you know, can pay for their own therapy for the many ways you've screwed them up when they're older, <laughs> then that's success. Uh, yeah. <laughs> if you don't yeah. have to pay for it. <laughs> I'm looking for them to pay my pension. Really. But I think that's success. But I, I, I think that, that, that sense of vulnerability, I wonder, therefore, to extrapolate from that, since uh, one of the metaphors, and it is a metaphor, mm. one of the metaphors that Jesus uses all the time about God is a father. Yeah. Whether that's exactly how God, whether God in a way always thing. asks, yeah. is it cold out? Have you put a, have you put yeah. a jumper on? That's really He always feels that way. Uh, and for me, I suppose that's the biggest lesson I've taken from being a parent is that I think it's opened up that idea of mm. just how vulnerable God is in a sense to our, our response yeah. to him. Yeah. You know, how, how willingly vulnerable he makes himself. Yeah. I think what something that's true for, for Rachel and I is that, you know, we, we approach midlife and you start to reflect more and you start to think more and you start to realise how your own parents have shaped you. Mm. And you start perhaps to work through a lot of the issues, you know, parents are you know, classic for me. You know, dad never said he loved me. It doesn't mean he didn't love me, but he never told me and I never felt especially loved. You know, and you're working through all those issues. But mm. by then your kids have grown up. And actually, mm. now I'd like to go back and I'd like to do things, you know, some things a bit differently. I wouldn't be so strict on them as I was when they were in their early years. And I would have allowed a bit more room for conflict and confrontation a bit, and, and for anger to be expressed. Because, you know, I was really conditioned, no, suppress all that stuff. It's bad, you right. know, and I, I regret that. And you think, oh, gosh, you start to see as you get in your midlife all the mistakes you made. But I do right. think I, I finish with this great hope, really that love covers a multitude of parental sins. Mm. And I think we all make mistakes and we all get cross and tetchy and we all say things we don't mean sometimes. And we, you, you know, all kinds of things. And there are all times perhaps we wish we'd done things differently. 
But if you can hand on heart say you love your kids mm. and you can do the way, it's never too late to start telling them that and, you know, you should endeavour to show them that, I'm sure of that, then I think that that really does cover so many mistakes and, and, and all the things we feel bad about. Without wanting to go into, you know, your too intrusive how though do you think your children remember their childhood do you think they remember it in the side you look back and say oh, i wish i'd done this i wish i'd done that well but what do you think what do you think when you talk together about yeah you, the past what do you yeah. what do they remember well they the... remember the day i sat them down and gave them a really helpful systematic theology good yeah that's yeah, a real highlight ops. of their childhood no yeah. no they uh they, the thing they universally remember is the family sleepovers. So on a Friday night, once a month or something, I, I don't know how often it was, but we would we would all bring our mattresses down or airbeds or whatever, and we'd all camp out in the front room and watch videos and eat pizza. That's wonderful. And, yeah. and Rachel yeah. would go to sleep first, which they all thought was enormously cool to be going to sleep later than an <laughs> adult. And And I swear they'd probably still do it now if they could. So... Yeah, <laughs> there's so those those little things. So, you know, I want to say, well, they remember what a great man of integrity I was and how I led by example as a faith leader in the community. And all that. But no, they don't remember any of that. But they remember they remember the fun we had at mealtimes and remember Friday night sleepovers. I think that's pretty wonderful. I mean, I think that what <laughs> struck me the other day is how often, you know, we we remember the, the, the bad things because they're very specific. Yeah. I mean, I was talking with my youngest about um, a holiday that we had uh, going through Europe, which was just one disaster after another. It's the worst <laughs> holiday ever had in my life. And, of course, she doesn't remember any of that. She no. just remembers the fun things. From their perspective, it, things looked completely different. So, again, sometimes I think we beat ourselves up because yeah, we think exactly. we've, we've done something wrong that will you know, scar them for life or something. But they don't, mm. you know, that doesn't necessarily happen. Um, and I, I, so I think you know my my always advice to, to parents is firstly I think that it can be it can be much more fun than you think it's going to be because mm. nobody ever told me that when I was when I was when when we were expecting our first child everybody warned you about all the stuff there's all the nappies all the sleepless mm. nights all this mm. didn't tell me how much fun it can be with children how much yeah. laughter you're going to have yeah um and the second thing is you know it's it, it's it's not a, it's not a judgment on you. Whatever happens no. with your children is not no. necessarily down to you. No. You know, again, I speak to so many parents whose, whose children are in a difficult place for a number of reasons. Mm. And they're going back over their lives and saying, what did we do wrong? Blaming themselves. What did we do wrong? Oh, yeah. It's awful. And, yeah. and quite often, I don't know if they did anything wrong. Right. It's just because that child is an individual and they've made their own choices. So... Don't kind of measure yourself against other people's um, yeah. families or the the front that is presented by other yeah. people's families, and don't blame yourself uh, no. for things that you couldn't really um, and and, defect, nev I think. and never compare your kids to anybody else's oh, kids. Yeah, They're yeah, yours, yeah. and that's wonderful. They're complete they're individuals. Unique. Yeah. Well, you know, I think that really we have helped people succeed <laughs> at parenting, Joe. <laughs> I think we have, but what we'd really like. <laughs> Even though we've done it very comprehensively, yes, of that there's yes. no there's doubt. nothing more to there's say. Nothing really. really more to say. However, if someone did feel they'd like to write in, mm. we sure would love to hear from you. And and seriously, tell us what your kids remember, 
And oh, if you've got young kids, what's working for you? Don't don't tell us how bad you feel or all that. Just just tell us what's working and and how do you share faith with them? What do you do? I mean, you've heard Nick in previous episodes talk about grace and, you know, we've talked about creating that atmosphere of gratitude. What's what's worked for you? And if you feel really brave, say what hasn't worked. But, you know, I kind of think we don't need a long list of what doesn't work. We feel bad enough. So let's try and keep it positive. What's worked for you? What's good? And we want lots mm. of emails. Mm. Yeah, well, um, th- thank you for thank you for listening. Uh, I'm off to um, go and discipline my children. I think. Good. I don't know about you. I shall go down and lay down a few rules for them. Good, even, do. Even though two of them live in entirely other places now, <laughs> Good. So I don't know, don't know quite how I'm going to do that. Hey, what are you t- going to do, Joe? Uh, well, do you know, if they were around, I'd take them to see the new Aardman film which is early man which is very funny and very lovely and that would be a very good thing to take your kids to providing of course you've already seen Paddington 2 and if you haven't then you need to go and see Paddington 2 with your kids great well thank you very much for listening and uh, we'll be back in a couple of weeks um, yeah Indeed. Um, I don't know what else to say we've completely succeeded <laughs> <laughs>